folks, surely by now you know how I feel about the jewel from Chef Steps. It is my it's my favorite kitchen tool. Yeah, there. There I said it. Out of the way paring knife. You've been replaced. Uh, Jewel sous vide uses precise temperature control and their trademarked visual doneness guide to cook food exactly the way you want it. Jewel, perfect food every time. I'm here to tell you, that is not just a slogan. That is, um, that's a fact. Uh, to get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash jewel and use the code homophilia to get 15 bucks off for a limited time. That is chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E, code homophilia. I just got an email. Hey guys, I want to tell you about some special episodes of the Katie Couric podcast. Katie has been hard at work making a new documentary series with National Geographic. It's called America Inside Out. In America Inside Out, Katie crisscrosses the country, sitting down with the people on the front lines of the most pivotal, contentious, and often confusing topics in American culture today. And on her podcast, Katie and her co-host Brian Goldsmith are continuing the conversation, diving deep into topics like the debate over Confederate monuments and how are big tech companies messing with our brains and our humanity. To hear Katie take on these and other meaty topics, just search Katie Couric on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Oh, hey, kids. It's me, Dave. Uh, Matt is at work, so it's just you and me for now. Uh, but you're about to hear the very first ever live episode of Homophilia, recorded last weekend at uh, RuPaul's DragCon. Uh, Matt and I had the opportunity to sit down with Dusty Ray Bottoms, uh, a queen we both loved from season 10. We wanted to know better, and we're glad we do. Uh, it was a super fun event. It was crazy. You will hear much more about it next week. You can count on that. Uh, I hope the audio for this is good. Um, if it isn't, uh, we're very sorry. Uh, but the picture sure came out nice. Um, okay, so uh, take it away, us. This is uh, Homophilia live from RuPaul's DragCon. How's it going? Uh, how's your day going so far? You feeling good? Good. Um, are we, is it happening? I think is it's it, actually oh, happening. Hey guys, it's our first live podcast. Yeah. Really, thank you so much for coming. So glad you could be here for it. Um, um, yeah. We barely made it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. But we we have, did. Yeah. We've, uh, we've seen every square inch of the Los Angeles Convention Center. But you know what? Let's get it going. Let's get it going. You've been sitting long enough. Uh, folks, uh, by uh, applause, who has heard homophilia before? Okay, good. Thank you. A. People. Thank you. Who has uh, ever heard of RuPaul's Drag Race before? Yeah. Just Not a lot of people. one mm-hmm. uh, This is a show where we talk to awesome LGBTQI plus uh, individuals and talk about what they're loving mm-hmm. in the world of popular culture and also um, ask deeply inappropriate probing questions about yes. their personal lives. Yeah. We get um, into the dating, the mm-hmm. sex, the whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a very special guest here uh, from season 10 of Drag Race. Uh-huh. Uh, a fan favorite, Dusty Ray Bottoms is here. Yeah. Should Dusty we bring Ray. her on out? Come on Dusty out. Ray, come on out. Ms. Bottoms? Yay! 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 Yay!
six three and a half there. without heels. Yeah. Poor She's thing has a been giant. hobbling all over this convention center all day. Yeah, we went to the wrong room. Sorry. Oh yeah. my god. No, we're sorry. It was probably sorry. my fault. No, no, no. <laughs> You're a champ and you look gorgeous. And thank, thank you, you thank for doing you. this. Of course. Thanks How's the weekend me. been so far? Oh, a whirlwind and stressfully fun. I'm having the best time. So thank you all for coming out to see us and support us. It's everything. And so you've been meeting a lot of uh, the queens of days of yore. Like, who, who were you most starstruck uh, Last by? night, I was really gagged that Chad Michaels came up to me and knew my name. Wow. I That's was exciting. like, Chad Michaels knows who I am? That's yeah. so cool. Of course And then I does. explained after I picked my jaw up off the floor that I've watched him, like I've watched the whole RuPaul's Drag Race since it's started. Yeah. He's one of the people that I've looked up to and it's just so, I'm so gagged to be on there. I, I, he's my sister and yeah, yeah. it's just so crazy. It's so exciting. Well, like what a dream, what a, what a crazy experience. So what, what, like what's your schedule like? Like, are you just booked wall to wall this yeah. whole weekend? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm doing a panel after this mm-hmm. about how to make it work in relationships. What? That's and listen, to what we're you, talking about. If you would have told me when I was a high schooler that I would be doing a panel on how to make it work, even if I first moved to New York, a panel on how to make it work in relationships, I'd be like, what relationship? Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I need relationship to take that Everyone panel. running away from me. <laughs> it's crazy. And oh, by the way, I should thank you for taking time away because when they are at their booths, they could be making money nonstop. Yeah. And here she is, donating her time and her beauty. Oh, sure. For you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you. You're damn right. So where are you in from? I live in New York City. Uh-huh. I live in Harlem. Yeah. And um, I'm staying here till Tuesday. We're going to Disneyland on Monday, y'all. Yeah, y'all. Nice. That is how you make a relationship <laughs> That's work. how you make a relationship work. Uh-huh. Take them to Disneyland. Get them That's on right. Space Mountain. Get them drugged up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, what has life been like for you since your exit from season 10? Oh, I feel like... Um, I'm out of jail. <laughs> really? And the reason why I feel that is I just felt so much relief. Uh, I was scared to watch getting eliminated from Drag Race, but it was really the hardest time going through it the first time. So the second time watching it was like really nothing. But I just felt so much relief the next yeah. day. Um, I wasn't going to wake up to another feather look. I wasn't going to say something like really stupid that someone was going to tweet me about. I just was like, great. We left on a high note. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I handled myself very well on the show, and uh, I'm very proud of it. As you should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what... I guess I mean I know you can't give us any spoilers, but um, are you are you enjoying what you're seeing now? Absolutely not. No, really, no. It's terrible. <laughs> Denim and diamonds would have been my runway. What was the runway after that? Would have been my runway. The yeah. runway after that. I won that one. I just wasn't there to do it. Share uh-huh. <laughs> you were killed. Yeah. Oh my god. Messed up. Can, Real I, can messed you up. say who you're rooting for? Uh. No, I can't. <laughs> Can you say who you're not rooting for? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, so kind of, like, you, you sort of have the perfect scenario because you get the recognition from the show, but you don't have to be there. Yeah, the whole you know, I only had four episodes, but I think I got my point across, my yeah. dot across. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, uh, the acting challenges I slayed. Yeah. There was absolutely. only one thing that, like, literally, if I could cut my head off on the feather challenge, yeah. just cut it, like, cut it right off, um, it would have been a great look. 
That's the only thing I didn't like. That's it. Look, they were all great looks. They're all winners. Thank you. Um, What are you, other than Drag Race, what are you watching these days? Oh, um, I am obsessed with Schitt's Creek right now. Schitt's Creek is so funny. Uh, I love the Goldbergs. Do you nice. ever watch the Goldbergs? Sure. What is that lady's name? The blonde lady. lady oh yes. my god! I want her to be my mom. Yeah, that's she's, she's a funny bitch. Yeah. Um, my mom's not funny, so I would just like it would just be really nice to have some laughs at home, you know. Uh-huh. Um, no, I'm kidding. No, we're gonna get into that. Don't you worry. Uh, what else am I watching? I'm always obsessed with The Walking Dead. I haven't seen this season though. Do you watch no, The Walking Dead? I watched it early on, but I've fallen off. Um, my mom did ruin this season for me. She called me and she goes, did you watch Walking Dead last night? And I said, no. She goes, well, then I will not tell you so-and-so does. Oh, uh, my God. I was like, but you just did. Yeah. <laughs> like, out of here. That's also my problem in life, too, ladies and gentlemen. Wrong room. Fourth off. I mean, not too many spoilers. <laughs> too many spoilers. Um, and what about uh, other, like... Pop culture stuff that you're obsessed with right now. Like, who, who who's your favorite? Um, like in in music at the moment. Um, okay, so you're gonna maybe judge me a little bit no. for this because I'm not like really into anyone that's like happening like right now. Although the person that I am a am obsessed with is Kate Nash. Ooh, yes. Do you know her? Yeah. She did just release a new album. I am into it, but it's not like. I, I love old Kate Nash. Right, right, she right. She just came through New York City, and I bought that $20 Let Me Be Packed Like a Sardine to Jump and See You ticket. Oh, fun. I lived my full 15-year-old fantasy. I love her. That's yeah, why I'm that's obsessed so with fun. her. so fun. All right. For sure, yeah. Well, she's in her 50s now, I would imagine. No, she no, no. She's 30 years old. Wait, Wait, what? What? You're thinking Kate Bush. Kate, oh, Kate Nash Bush. Yeah, is I don't know 30. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, that's what else I'm obsessed with. Glow. Have you seen Kate Nash on Glow? No, I've seen Glow, but she's I'm the not. redhead, funny British one. Oh, that's Kate Nash. She's oh, a dancer. Okay, okay, okay. She's everything. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I don't know. You have to what, watch it. What did you grow up loving? Like, what would you? Oh, like, I grew up a musical theater. Yeah, Twinkie, Rachel Berry of Glee. Yeah. <laughs> She was a monster. She was. Um, oddly enough, my like my the song that I listen to all the time, it's corn as fuck. You're gonna judge me really. S Club Seven. Do you all know oh, S Club yeah. Seven? Yeah. yeah. My mom and dad hardly let me listen to any music. So like all of my I was like into Blink 182 and Green Day and all that as like a high schooler and junior high. But like my rock education came from like college and then like moving to New York. That's when I like really, really fell in love with like classic that's when you caught up yeah because i wasn't allowed to listen to that stuff growing up yeah it was s club seven uh a-teens do you remember a-teens deep cut yeah Yeah. vaguely upside down bouncing i want to see a drag queen do bouncing off the ceiling well why don't you how about be the change you wish to see in the world i don't think i can do that why not i don't think i'm strong enough for that number. <laughs> I know there's a drag queen out there that will tear it up. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Did, didn't the 18s start just as an ABBA cover group? Yeah. Okay. And then I think they only had one album where they released their own music that was like really weird uh-huh. I, I did listen to it i liked it okay <laughs> and so you were a musical theater head growing up yes w- what were you in everything um annie the what sound were you of annie? music don't even i was drake the butler oh. and 
and Mr. Bundles. Oh, so wait. So when you wake, ring for Drake. Drake will, oh, Drake will bring your tray. You saw yeah. it. Of course. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, it um, made me a homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Oh, Lord. It did. Um, that uh, hard knock life with Carol Burnett, Miss Hannigan, is like one of the most like musical theater iconic things she's that, like, one of the best drag roles of um time, my which... two favorite divas my number one favorite diva is bet midler my second one is carol burnett Ooh, like yeah. those are the two best ladies in comedy nice. and rock I, I just love them they're the best um but for musical theater uh sweeney todd musical mm-hmm. the musical i did three times as horton the elephant <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the skinniest horton the elephant you've ever seen um God, what else? I, just everything. Like, I was probably in it. Um, the show I really wanted to do that I never got to. I got called back for the show four times. And I got called back as Link Larkin in Hairspray. Oh. But, listen to this. This is bad. Um, three of the times that I went to this callback, one of my friends, Chad, was there. And Chad's, like, really pretty. And, like, everyone loves Chad. Mm-hmm. And all three times, Chad got the part. Wow. Fuck. So Chad. the fourth time that I went into this callback and Chad walked in, I was like, <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I'm gonna go. yeah. doing drag now. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's a very Tootie Ramsey and Stacey Q kind of a thing from yeah. uh, uh, The mm-hmm. Facts of Life. Does anyone remember when Stacey Q was on The Facts of Life as Cinnamon? Mm-hmm. She was like the pretty girl who would always take the parts from. Okay, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Blank stairs. That's fine. That's 30, fine. I don't know. Um, 30. I know. You're a baby. So Kate Nash is really like, like that's a foundational. Yeah. Foundations, come on. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I was so. Uh, I met her for the first. I <laughs> after her concert, I <laughs> stood out on the sidewalk. I was like literally the only person who stood. We stood out there for two hours just to be like, Kate Nash, I want you to have my enamel pin. I love you. <laughs> um, but the two hours of waiting for her, we were doing Kate Nash facts with Siri, and one of those was how. Kate Nash, and then I was gagged that we were the same age. Okay. And did you get to meet her? I did get to meet her. Oh. I think I scared her a little bit. We in or out of drag? Out of drag. Oh. I should I should have showed up in drag. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't. I'm sure she's on a panel somewhere right now talking about the day that she met Dusty Ray Bottoms. She doesn't know. She, she I bet she knows. She's a savvy, she a savvy young gal. <laughs> yeah, she uh, is. I love her. Who were your drag inspirations? Drag inspirations? Okay, so the two drag queens that... Uh, made this ball rolling uh, is Bob the Drag Queen and Thorgy Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, when yeah. yes. I love them. Love them. Uh, <clears throat> I, there was this legendary show in New York City at the Ritz uh, called uh, Our Lady of Saliva. <laughs> Saliva Tuesdays. Uh, which Thorgy Thor and another drag queen uh, by the name of Ezrea Demands, uh, they both uh, hosted this show, which was the craziest drag show I've ever seen. It was uh, this one queen did a Whitney Houston mix, and she turned her back to the audience. I was actually brought my uh, fiancé on our first date to this, and he... Uh, okay, so listen to this. <laughs> this drag queen turns her back to the audience. She's doing Whitney Houston. She lifts her dress up, and you see her bare butt. Wow. And you see this little thing between her cheeks. And she starts pulling it, and it's a condom full of cocaine up her butt and she pulls it out of her butt it was horrifying she swings it around her head and then bites it and breaks the cocaine over us oh my god so now i'm sitting there covered in drag queen butt cocaine yeah (laughs) 
on a date with my fiance. That's how I, and that's why I popped the question. Wow. <laughs> the most romantic place on earth. I was like, this is us forever. Uh-huh. Uh, no, but uh, uh, they had this pageant, and I, I would go see these numbers. Literally, the shit these these queens would do just like blew my mind. And then I would go to Bob the Drag Queen show at Barracuda every Monday night, and he was just how he owns the room and like the love he exudes on stage. Um, I just knew that that was something I had to do. So Bob, the drag queen started a competition called look queen. Look queen. You all know look queen in New York. It's everything. (laughs) Um, so, uh, it's, uh, a competition that's a year in the making. Every month is a theme. And if you win that month, you move on to the finale. And if you win the finale, uh, you win the title of Miss Look Queen. Uh, you have you become a host of the show, uh-huh. and it's three thousand dollars for the winner. Great. It's like such a great competition. Is this before or after Bob has already won Drag Race? This is before Bob won Drag Race. Oh wow! So uh, I became the first Miss Look Queen. Nice. And then uh, Bob won Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Then Aquaria became the second Miss Look Queen. And uh, then Aquaria. Uh, so here's the gag about that, though. The season two finale of Look Queen, Sasha Valore and Alexis Michelle were competing in the finale. But then all of a sudden, Sasha called me and said, Dusty, I can't compete in Look Queen. I'm moving to Russia. And I was like, OK. And then Alexis was like, sis, I'm sick. And then all of a sudden, they both were on Drag Race. That so sorry, I can't win Look Queen. I'm winning Drag Race. <laughs> Fuck my fans. <laughs> um, so what was your first like signature number? Uh, my first uh, signature number is uh, my Devin Green mix. Um, it's called Welcome to My Drag. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a Brenda Dixon medley. Uh, Welcome, sorry I'm late. I gave myself a camel toe and not the Dorothy Hamilton. <laughs> I do all that uh, cut up in between uh, Rosemary Clooney's Come on to my house, my house. Oh my you know god. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. That's so great. good. Yeah. Uh, but my most legendary number that uh, put me on the map for sure um, was the finale of uh, So You Think You Can Drag at New World Stages, and it's called Peach Plum Pear by Joanna Newsom. Look it up. It is everything. Um, I just told the story of uh, my journey through a competition because it was mm-hmm. a 10-week-long competition. So uh, uh, the music starts, and I had uh, many dusties coming out. And all of my looks from the season. Wow. And then I came out behind them. So it was like me all over the stage. And it's, it's just so beautiful. It's really cool. You have to check it out. Wow. Yeah. I want to see this. It's really cool. Is it online? It is online. Okay. <clears throat> On my uh, channel. Subscribe. Share. Okay. <laughs> we have to say that now, I think. Of course you do. It's like you become a Rue girl and you get programmed to be like a... a, 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 set a of, content curator. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or an ad. And it, yeah, you're a living brand. <sighs> Jesus. Do you have any, uh, what's a, a, a number you're working on now? Um, well, I'm currently working on an album. Mm-hmm. Um, I released my single on my elimination night, Never Loved Ya. Mm-hmm. Um, thank Big you. Thank you. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. It'll totally take you back to Blink-182. Um, I love it. Uh, but I have uh, seven other songs that I'm working on, mm-hmm. and we're looking to release those at the end of summer, beginning of fall. Okay. Oh, yeah. fun. And are you traveling and doing all the, the Queen yeah. tours and everything? Um, well, I'm not doing any tours. I've just set up my own tour. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, you know, if you just got to make it happen. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go out on my own little tour. I'm doing a UK tour next week, and then I get back, and I'm doing like a two-week Southern tour where I start and like... 
South Carolina and go all the way to San Jose. Oh, wow. All the way down. And this is a solo tour. Yeah, just me. Wow. It's going to be fun. Uh, A different city every night. So it's going to be really cool. Um, So when I'm not doing that and I'm like changing over my drag for the two days that I'm home, I'm in a recording studio working on that music so I can try to get that out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Grinding. Grinding on her grind. So now we're going to pretend to take a break. Yeah. And we'll be back. Podcast listeners, this is a break. Uh huh. And live audience, we'll just keep talking. Right. (laughs) We'll be back with some deep and probing questions for Dusty Ray Bottoms. Yeah, why not? Hey. Jewel by Chef Steps. It is more than just a kitchen gadget. It is a way of life. Uh, let, let me tell you a little story. Long time ago, I went to one of those sort of um, like private dinner parties at a chef's house. You know, like sometimes there's a fancy chef and instead of having a restaurant, they just have little dinner parties. Anyway, he had a, a sous vide machine. This was only maybe four years ago, and it was gigantic. Uh, it was a huge thing, and he, he did some uh, some pork in it or something. That's not important. What is important is that it took up about half the kitchen. I ate the pork. The pork was delicious. I said, I want to make it this way, but I don't have room for that giant lumbering thing. Guess what? The jewel is tiny. It's uh, it's maybe a foot long. It is the uh, circumference of a skinny little uh, can of Red Bull or or that uh, that Sophia um, uh, sparkling wine that the Coppola makes and it's got a straw in it. Again, not important. Um, but it cooks your food to exactly the temperature you want it. You can't overcook it. You can't undercook it. You just stick it in a bag, put it underwater, let the jewel sous vide do its thing. Uh, to get yours, go to chefsteps.com slash jewel. Use the code homophilia. You get 15 bucks off for a limited time. That is chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E. Promo code homophilia. You guys, I love Tawny Newsom. You know Tawny Newsom from some of your favorite Earwolf shows. I know Tawny because I wrote on the show Bajillion Dollar Properties, created by Kulop Flysack, uh, R.I.P. CISO. But Tawny, more importantly, has now joined Andrew T. as the uh, co-host of the show, Yo, Is This Racist? In each episode, uh, Tawny and Andrew answer questions from fan-submitted voicemails and emails to make the call on whether or not something is, in fact, racist. They talk to actors and writers and comedians with a wide range of perspectives like the Condobolu brothers and Michelle Buteau and uh, our friend and guest, Joel Kim Booster. Tawny and Andrew will be talking about racism in the news, answering your burning questions about your racist coworkers, friends, and family members. And their first episode together features John Lovett from Pod Save America, and you can check that episode out now. So make sure you listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Earwolf.com. And we're back. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. So I thought we weren't recording and I was going to ask the audience if, it, if we were doing okay. I was like, oh, we're... we're are we doing okay? We are, we're doing fine. Good. I just need a little more approval. Good. Good. So you mentioned a fiancé. Uh-huh. Your fiance is here. He's here. We got to meet him. Look at him. Oh, hey. All right. You can't see him waving. He's really cute. He is very, he's very handsome. <laughs> yeah. uh, how did you meet? Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to snag this one before I started drag. Mm. That's the only way I feel like I made this happen. Because I could not imagine, like, 
Okay, so before I was Dusty Ray Bottoms, um, I was waiting tables as an actor does in New York City. Where? Uh, Dos Caminos. Okay. Mm. Where is that? <laughs> A ringing endorsement for oh. Dos Caminos. <laughs> Did you hear me, Lindsay Levine? That was my general manager. She's terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> she really is, though. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> She blocked me on Facebook. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> and Instagram. I don't know. Uh, I, I got on Instagram and she wrote on a coworker's picture. This was literally like six months ago. And I wrote, hey, Lindsay, block. Uh, what happened between you and Lindsay? I don't know. She heard my tone. She just, <laughs> she, uh, okay. So how I met my fiance. <laughs> I was working at Dos Caminos, uh, the Mexican Two Paths restaurant, and he was working across the street at this uh, uh, really high-end restaurant called the Hurricane Club. Nice. Well, corporate restaurants are really messed up, and they make you come to work super early for no reason. So I had to clock in for 15 minutes, clock out for an hour, what? then clock back in, and then work all night. <laughs> the reason they did that is because they had to give us a break. Oh, so that But was they made us clock in for five minutes to give us an hour break. So it was just so stupid. So uh, on our hour break, we would go down the street to Wahoo's, which was this other Mexican restaurant. And we would just sit at the bar and have like all the margaritas before we had to wait tables. Because <laughs> why not get tanked before you make money? Sure. That's why I did drag. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I don't. Um, so uh, I saw Mark sitting at the t uh, the bar a few times, and so uh, I decided to write my number down mm -hmm. really awkwardly and not even say anything. I just like left and was like, <laughs> and then we texted for a couple days, and then it stopped. What I, happened? What I was the know. cause? I sent I sent my nudes, and then it was done. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> like I didn't hear anything back. He was he was I mean he was appalled. blown away. He was he did not like unsolicited nudes for me. <laughs> so, uh, I'd say like two months passed and I was helping a drag queen. Her name was Tara Grenade, but now her name is Tara Hyman. Oh boy. <laughs> She's very oh, abrasive. God. I love her. Um, Tara Hyman was competing in Our Lady of Saliva, Thorgy's pageant, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. And this was before I started drag. So I was helping Tara Hyman out in her number and she was a mini mouse that got the zombie flu and turned into a zombie and started eating people in the audience. Oh God. So she ate me and tore my shirt and I was covered in fake blood and I was like drunk and it was like four o'clock in the morning, three 30 in the morning because the bar wasn't closed yet. Mm. And um, I'm standing outside and there Mark is standing outside with his friends. And I look over and I'm like, Hey, don't I know you? And he, he was, he was like, no. <laughs> and turned. And I was like, Oh, Okay. And I was like, no, really, I really do think I know you from somewhere. He was like, well, I work in a club, so you've probably seen me there. Wow. I was like, well, <laughs> I don't really go out. I'm, I, like, I go to this and another place. I know I haven't seen you where that place is. Uh, I was like, do you work anywhere else? He's like, a restaurant. I'm like, cool. What, <laughs> what is it? A steakhouse. <laughs> Literally pulling teeth to talk to this dude. Um... <laughs> I was like, cool, which one? He's like, the Hurricane Club. And I was like, do you remember this boy gave you his number two months ago at Wahoo's? He was like, yeah. I was like, bye. And I like, oh, walked away. And then uh, he texted me. He was like, I'm so sorry. Come back, come back. And I came back. 
and he gave me a kiss. Oh. And then I went home, and we had a date the next day, and I stood him up. Ooh. Because <laughs> he deserved it. Yeah. You had to like, get the power imbalance back in check. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And then um, we went out Friday, and we literally spent every day with each other since that day for, like, months <laughs> until I had to go do something, and we had to spend one day apart. And it was literally, like... <laughs> like it's so stupid. I don't Wait, know how so it happened. What was Mark's explanation for the delay in the texting and then the like not remembering you when you <laughs> all eyes on Mark I mean, were waiting. Here. Okay. Oh yeah. On a uh, one to uh, zero to one hundred, how accurate is this story? Very. Very. Wow. Okay. <laughs> 90, in the 98 to 99 range. All right. Well, I mean, interesting. So, but it has a happy ending, obviously, because Mark's now your fiance. Yeah. How did you feel? We've been together. We're almost on five years. We're like a couple of months away from wow. five years together. Um, we got engaged after three. Oh, my God. And... Drag race happened, so all the money that I was going to spend on a wedding, I spent to get on the show and <laughs> to do this. I'm broke as fuck, so um, not after this weekend. Fuck, so like, no, get Life's back in on that booth. You don't even know. Yeah, we're gonna wiggle on that booth. That's right. <laughs> we're gonna really put my bottoms to work. Um, <laughs> so you started doing drag while you're. In, so did you have to like kind of come out as a drag queen at some point? Yeah. Um, I feel like it was the easiest thing for me to do because, uh, I'm so removed from, um, the people who I would be afraid to be in drag around. Mm -hmm. So, uh, there's in Kentucky, I'm in New York city, so I can literally do anything and no yeah. one's going to know about it. And the community that I have in New York city, my friends and family are so awesome and supportive. So like me saying I wanted to do drag was like, here, Dustin goes again. Like she's <laughs> going to do something stupid and silly. And Mar like, Mark mm -hmm. was supportive. Oh, he was jump. very supportive. Great. Um, actually the first date that I did show up on, uh, I had just come from American Apparel with my first drag outfit, as one does. Which was what? Hot pants and a tube top. Amazing. Yeah. She never wore that tube top. Tube top. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. So on the show, you mentioned your your family mm -hmm. and your kind of religious yeah. upbringing. What's your relationship like with them now? <clears throat> it is. <clears throat> they spoil things for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a. Uh, it is a work in progress. I have been talking to my mom like twice a week. Uh, but like, she's like, she's like the only one I kind of talk to, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, we just don't, I love them. I love them so much. And I wish more than anything that we were like, great. I wish they were here. I, yeah. it, would, it would be everything. Yeah. But, uh, I had to remove myself from that situation and uh, I choose to keep myself distant from that situation to protect myself yeah. and to make sure I'm good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you take us back a little bit? You grew up in Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I lived in Louisville until I was six. And then we moved right across the river to Floyd Snobs, Indiana. Mm -hmm. uh, no one knows Floyd Snobs. So I just say I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. um, it's I grew up on a 150-acre horse farm. Oh, my God. Uh, 
can cut you a tree, build you a house, fix your tractor. I grew up doing all that. Um, what's the question? So, uh, <laughs> when did, when did, uh, coming out, you know, become an issue with your family? Oh, okay. Um, so I always knew from a, a very long, uh, I always knew, like, I always knew what was up and it was so, and I, I feel like I knew, I feel like my mom and dad, I feel like my family knew too what was up the whole time because growing up in a conservative Christian household, one of the forefront rules was homosexuality. And I just like thinking about it. I was like, why does that have to be one of the forefront rules? Mm -hmm. It's like, cause you knew mm -hmm. and you were like trying to shape and like uh, caution. Mm -hmm. So when I actually came out to them, I was 20 and I don't know, like, you knew you had you knew for 20 years so i don't understand i like the shock of them i guess just finally getting the confirmation yeah um it was very hard on them and you know you've heard yeah we heard they they, they had a tough response right um oh we're gonna go there aren't we well we go go there as in so much like, as we want to yeah yeah, yeah. uh so when I came out to my mom and dad, um, I was on, uh, I was home from spring break. I was my sophomore year of college, freshman year of college, excuse me. Um, I was having a hard time fitting in with my classmates. Uh, I was having a hard time fitting in anywhere. <laughs> and, um, I had had it. And I was like, I just need a change. I need, uh, I'm tired of having secrets. I'm tired of pretending to be something I'm not. I just want to be me and like be good. So I was like, God, if you're listening to me, like I like change this, like shake my life up. Like this needs, something needs to happen. And literally the next morning without fail, I went to a, a, a knock and it was my mom. She's like, um, your dad found something on your computer. Like, what the fuck? Like, why are you on my computer? Okay. Like, what did he find? And she's like, well, come downstairs and let's talk about it. And, uh, we talked about it and he's like, what do you, what does this mean? I'm like, well, what do you think it means? Like you read the messages. Like I said that like, duh, but, um, their reaction to me coming out wasn't just about me coming out. When I came out to my mom and dad, I unloaded 20 years of secrets on them. Um, I went through some traumatic times when I was 12. I, uh, heavy, heavy. Um, I went to a bathroom in a mall without my mom and dad and got molested and raped in a bathroom in a, in, in a Dillard's. Um, the police came and grabbed that man and they uh, pulled us into a tiny dressing closet and they set me down in front of him. And when it happened, they do told me if I told anyone and told my family that he would kill us. And I was young enough to believe that. And by the time I got old enough to know that wasn't the case, I was too afraid to say anything because I didn't want to disappoint my mom and dad for not coming to them. I didn't want them to think I didn't trust them to tell them this information, you know? So when this happened and they set me down in front of this man and he's literally this close to me and the police are like, did he touch you? And I say, no. Oh, fuck. And they let him go. Um, I didn't talk about that until I came out. Like I didn't, I kept that in my whole life. 
Um, so when I like told that to my mom and dad, that's when my mom and dad lost it. It was more, they lost it over that more than me saying that I was homosexual. Cause in their mind, hearing that a man did this to their 12 year old, now their son is, uh, that's how he became gay. So it's oh a spiritual God. thing. So they had to go fix that. Right. And I, I did explain that in my story, but there was only so much airtime. Yeah. Um, so you got like, so no, my mom and dad didn't like throw me in a car. I was never abused by my mom. My mom and dad are everything. They spoiled me growing up. I had everything I could ever want. Um, it's just literally our relationship lacks on the understanding of who we are. Yeah. Um, so, and also I wanted a change. I was desperate at that time. I would have, I would have tried anything and everything to feel normal and accept it and like viewed upon for my peers, you know? Yeah. So I chose to go through that. Like I, I like, I was a part of it. Yeah. Like, I, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so I just like want to make that clear, like and what, to be what, fair to my family, because it, it wasn't, uh, I didn't grow up scary Carrie. Like my mom, yeah. my, my parents aren't like, it was a little like, it was, you know, misguided, but it was well-intentioned on their part because they were like, there's a traumatic incident that right. needs to be healed. Yeah. Maybe this is a way to do it. Yeah. But what was it exactly? I mean, it was sort of like a reparative therapy. It was, um, uh, a cleanse. Mm -hmm. You literally had to sit there and talk about every, uh, sexual encounter you've ever had. You had to list first and last names of those people. Um, my mom and dad were standing behind the person that I was telling this to and just like seeing their faces, my dad's faces red, my mom's bawling. And I'm like, I'm like making up names because I don't, oh my God. I don't like, and then, uh, I was like, that's it. And the prayer warrior was like, no, there's more. And I was like, Oh shit, she knows. And I was like <laughs> saying another one. And I was just like, it was just like really weird. Um, there was just so much stuff you had to recite back. Uh, I had to keep direct co eye contact with that person the whole time. I could never close my mouth. My mouth had to stay open so the spirits could leave me. Oh, um, my palms had to be face up. I had a person holding this arm, a person holding this arm, a person on this shoulder, a person on this shoulder, and then uh, the prayer warrior in front of me holding each hand, and then my mom and dad standing behind her. So there were like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven like seven, eight people in the room that I didn't know that I was like listing all this shit. Like, <laughs> and was this a, a day? Was this a lot? Like, a I would say it was like two hours. Uh huh. It, it felt like one, it was two hours. Jesus. I guess it felt like two hours too. I don't know. It was two hours. Two it was, hours it was a, long a long time. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and at the oh. time, do you think, Maybe this will work. Okay. So it all finished. Well, I, I did think maybe this will work because as I said, I was, I wasn't comfortable with anything. Yeah. So I, I wasn't, I didn't even know who I was, you know? Mm. So, uh, yeah, fix me. If, if this is what it is, let's do it. Um, we finished and I was like, I feel like a gorilla has been lifted off of my shoulders. Like I, who is this new man? Like, I feel so changed and free. And then it really fucked with me because I wasn't changed. The feeling that I was feeling is I didn't have any more secrets. Yeah. Everything that I ever kept in was out in the universe. <clears throat> yeah. 
And that was a freeing thing. Of course. But also, when you're trying to discover and be comfortable with who you are, it's a fucked up thing. Uh-huh. And are you, and then you go back to school with all of this just yeah, having happened? I literally packed my car. I left that last session of therapy uh, with the pastor I was with um, and went to school. And I was just went right into class with and wow and then so how did you get from all of that to you know to uh, like self-acceptance it literally took me moving to new york city uh after so i got uh my junior year of college i got halfway through my junior year uh i couldn't get my student loans to renew because the economy was its worst so i had to move home with my mom and dad uh, I took on three jobs and I helped them out because they were having very hard times. And then I did that for like a year and a half. And uh, I was just like, this is, I'm not living in Louisville, Kentucky to work three jobs to still be with my mom and dad mm-hmm. in this time of depression. Like we got to get out. So I took my, I took my uh, paycheck one day and I just bought a one way plane ticket to New York, but I did it two months out. And then uh, I got home with it and was like, here's your two month warning. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm gonna go to New York, and they're like, "Well, when are you coming back?" I was like, "No, like I'm going and I'm staying." And uh, I've been there eight years, and I've only been back twice, maybe or one time. Did you have friends in New York? Did you have a place to stay? Oh yeah. Um, so I did have friends in college, and all of those friends moved to New York because right. they were all actors. Of course. So they moved to New York to pursue that. And so I, I moved to New York knowing, knowing people. I didn't move there. Like, right, right. <laughs> oh, Just, look at me. <laughs> fresh off the boat, off the bus from Louisville. <laughs> so, and were you out to those friends? Oh yeah. 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 They knew I was fucked up. They knew, they knew all of my college shit because like I did some like really crazy shit in college where I would date someone and be like, I don't think I'm gay. Like we can't do this. Wow. And then everyone would be mad at me because crazy Dustin's uh-huh. like, he, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, it was very that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How, I mean, it must be a difficult process to learn to trust people in a, in like a dating context after the experience that you went through, you know? Um, I think that would be like one of my biggest character flaws. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love people. I love people so much. I have a hard time, like, really trusting people. But, you know, uh, once we break that barrier, like, life is good. Like, it's it, we have a good time. Yeah. Um, my family is very trusted and, and very dear to me. Yeah. And did you uh, have to just sort of make peace with what, what happened on your own? I did. So, uh, um... With the coming out to my family. Yeah. Well, my mom and dad, like two years after coming out, uh, did apologize for taking me to therapy. Um, they don't agree with homosexuality. They do believe that that day shouldn't have happened. Okay. That feels like progress, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, any anything that me and my family, like, have... 
between like the distance it has nothing to do with that day like i have moved past that day like we are good on that day it is just now the problem is just things we're going through now mm-hmm. and that's it it's nothing from the past did they watch the show my mom watched the show uh-huh. uh yeah my my dad has no idea i'm on the show right which i'm so gagged by right um yeah, but uh, my mom's girlfriend uh, filmed it for her, and then she went to her house, and we'll watch it like a week behind, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mom has nice things to say. She uh, doesn't like Michelle Visage. Thanks, mom. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Hot take from mom. Um, what else? The, she did say some like really funny stuff that had me smiling that I, I, I really appreciate. Um, I think she... Uh, I think my mom genuinely respects what I do. Yeah. I do believe that. I just believe that, um, she's not allowed to fully show that. Yeah. Okay. And that sucks for her. Yeah. Because she's missing out. Yeah, of course. (laughs) But I mean, she, she's missing out on a pretty incredible journey, you know, will they, uh, be invited to the wedding? No, no, I don't think they will be. Okay. Um, Okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Um, well, Dusty, we got to get you your next panel. I mean, yeah. I would love to do this for two more hours. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. You're such a fucking hero. Oh, and for sure. uh, I, I can't wait I for people to hear this. And uh, you're an inspiration to so many people. Well, thank, thank you, you for doing this. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to the relationship panel. And then where are you going to be? Um, I will be at my booth all day. I promise. Come see me. Come hug me. Let's take a picture okay. of everything. Buy that Dusty merch. Yes. Dusty Ray Bottoms. Dusty Ray Bottoms. Thank you guys so much for coming. Seriously, thank you all for being here. We'll yeah. be, uh, we'll thank see you, you everybody for DragCon, and thank you to Dana Wickens and Ryan Connor and everybody at Earwolf, and thank you guys for coming. Have a good DragCon. Great cooking is part art and part science. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. It's the truth. Um, You can take care of the art and let the jewel by Chef Steps take care of the science. It heats your food up to exactly the temperature that you want it at. You're not going to get sick from eating raw meat. You're not going to be some Donald Trump jackass eating a well-done steak, unless that's the way you want it. Not few judgments. I was going to say no judgments, but there's some there's some small judgments to get your jewel, which you really should do. Go to chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E. Use the promo code homophilia for 15 bucks off for a limited time. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast. Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <laughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.